Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. All right, all right, all right. We are daring to be different, daring to be different once again, once more. I am so different, it scares me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. It's me, your host, Yaya Diamond. I've been in the podcasting business for 10 years, and I'm telling you, it never gets old. It's wonderful podcasting, singing, performing, life coaching, all kinds of different things. And, uh, you know, and, and every time I come on, it's just a pleasure. And, and it's, I have such wonderful guests, people who are going after their goals and their dreams. And that's that's the reason for this show. And I want to thank you for tuning in because, obviously, you like listening to people who are going for their dreams to inspire you to go after yours. And so we have our next guest here on the show, Dr. Wendy Hall-Sims. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Yaya. Thank you. Glad to be no here. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. So, so tell us, tell us about yourself. I mean, you are a doctor. You are you are a writer. You have you have your science was associate of science and daycare and nursery bachelor's degree in home economics. I mean, girl. I mean, seriously. <laughs> when did you find all this time? Well, I guess I didn't actually find the time. The time kind of found me. I had to work with time. <laughs> yes, I, I had get to that. work with time. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, so tell me, I, uh, what was your sorry. aspirations when you started off, and then how how did that evolve? Uh, well, as far as, uh, you know, I, I knew early on when I was in high school I wanted to go to college. So I ended up, you know, going off, leaving home to Monroe, Louisiana, Northeast Louisiana University, and uh, I, after I graduated from there, I actually stayed in Monroe for, ooh, about 16 years, which was my home. Uh, so I, I got a lot of education while I was in Monroe, uh, but after years of being there, I knew I was led by God to come back home uh, to Shreveport, where I'm from, Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was like a journey, and, and I, I've, I've dibbled and dabbled in some of everything. You know, people always tell me, you're always into something. And I am. I'm always into something. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was just, just a journey of just trying to, you know, just find things to do and, and try to find my purpose and find the things I enjoy doing. And I found that I enjoy mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Wow, wow, wow. You know, it's amazing to me that life can be so diverse. How did you yeah. how did you know you wanted to do so many different things? And and did it come at, in pieces or or did it come all at once? Like you said you knew you wanted to go to college, but the pieces. This is like picking up pieces of a puzzle here. Yeah. I'm a very curious person. And I'm one mm-hmm. of those type of people, I try anything at least once. And I, when I mean try anything at least once, I literally will try anything at least once. So my thing, when I see something I desire and I have a passion to want to do, or I see something that, that may pique my curiosity, I'm like, okay, let me try this, like cake decorating. You know, I took classes for that. And I did that for probably about a year until I got bored with it. And uh, I've done uh, 
decorations, all kinds of stuff. But I get to a point where I do something, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I have accomplished that. Let's move on to the next thing. So um, curiosity really just just keeps me going. I want to I want to see what I can do and how how far I can go with doing something and accomplishing something. So normally once I accomplish that mission, it's like uh-huh. okay, on to the next. <laughs> Okay, all right. Um, have you ever jumped me. off a plane? <laughs> no, I have never jumped off a plane. But if I had the opportunity to do it, I think I would try it. Even at 51 years old, I think I would try it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, no, no, no. I'd watch from the from the ground with, yeah. with, some, with, with some binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> I would try it. I would. Really? If the opportunity presented itself, you know, like if we would just say, hey, if somebody said, hey, let's do this, yeah, I believe I would try it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you said, mm. Well, okay. <laughs> that scares me just to even think that you would. Okay. All right. So, all right. <laughs> just, you said anything just once. Okay. So, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you know, yes. tell me about that part of it because you you've done so many different things, but also it's like you've also done, you know, the the independent thing here, the, the travel agency, the certified yes. CPR, and the yes. and first aid, and I mean just different things like that. Tell me about that. Uh, <laughs> like I said earlier about the desire to want to do it. Uh, as far as the, the reason why I became a, a certified in CPR to teach that it's because of the job that I had and we were paying mm. somebody like every month to come in and provide their service and I'm like okay let's find mm-hmm. out how much would it cost to be certified and that way I can save the company money at the same time so I looked mm-hmm. into it and it, it was only like 500 and something dollars at the time to get certified so I'm like okay let me just do this <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's how I got into that the travel agent um I, the reason why I got into that, not to, it sounds crazy what I'm about to say. It wasn't to get mm-hmm. in it to actually book people to travel all over the world because I do, I love to travel and I've traveled, mm-hmm. you know, to different countries. I got into it because uh, I am a relationship coach as well as a laughter coach. And uh, and I wanted to start doing workshops for a couple called Perfecting Passion. And it's for couples, whether you're married, uh, you're engaged. Are you seriously dating? And and so I got into the travel agent so I could be able to do destination uh, type of uh, retreats for hmm. perfection passion. So that's why I got the travel agent, as a travel agent. So when people started hearing that I was doing it, then people started calling, hey, can you book something for me? Can you book this? So it's like, uh, well, that's not why I got into it. But since you want to book something, I'll do it for you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, also, uh, I also own a driving school as well. Uh, two locations mm. in Shreveport and in my little hometown, country town of Ringo, Louisiana. We have a driving school, and uh, so I've been doing that for now probably about four or five years, maybe now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Girlfriend. I Let know, me ask girl. You, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't even gonna go into it because if I ask you if you ever, I mean, I I, I can go into it, and you probably did it already. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like, yeah, I did that too. Um. You know, when it comes to growing up, did you have any challenges? I mean, because you seem like you you got it you got it you know pretty much together now. But oh, yeah. what was the challenges from then to here? From 
from that 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 mindset of the youth because everybody has challenges, um, yes. you know, when yes. they're growing up. You know, well, so I, what were yours? I had several challenges growing up. As a matter of fact, you know, I just published a book called The Many Facets of Me, and uh, and so mm. in the book uh, I talked about uh those challenges and those facets that made me who I am today. And, and people may, may think about, like, well, how those challenges made you who you are today. Uh, and I can explain. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I talked about in the book was about the color of my skin. Now, Yaya, I've mm-hmm. never met you. I don't even know the color of your skin. You, you mind telling me the color of your skin? I'm a brown girl. Brown girl. You're a brown girl. Okay. <laughs> and see, I'm, 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 I'm a brown I'm a, girl. I am a dark brown girl. I'm a dark brown girl. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I was teased. The children would always say, you know, call me darky and blacky with red lips, pink lips. You know, they would always tease me. And and, and that was the beginning of my self-esteem. But it's like mm. I, I overcame that. But I, I always felt because I was, people always called me blacky and darky that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to go home every day, which I did, and I saw this ritual, pouring, rubbing alcohol on a white towel to scrub the black off of my face. I literally mm. thought that I could do that because I didn't want dark skin. Uh, so that that was one of my challenges growing up. But then as I got older, you know, I would always hear people say, oh, you're a pretty dark-skinned girl. Oh, you're a pretty black girl. Oh, you're pretty, you're pretty to be dark-skinned, which that was another thing because why being pretty, I always had to be attached to the color of my skin. So that was the thing I dealt mm. with, but I realized that I was a pretty girl because people always tell me that I was pretty. I was dark-skinned, but I was pretty. You know, so that that mm. was one of the challenges of me uh, of growing up. And then the other one was uh, being molested by my my stepfather, uh, and that happened at a very young age, at the ages of five, six, and seven, and uh, and, and he, that molestation took, took part during those uh, times in my life. And uh and so that was uh you know that that was a thing that happened that that caused me to block out some things but also caused me to uh to have like a, a anger issue when it came to men, period. Uh so I dealt with those challenges, but through those challenges it made me who I am because I realized that I'm I'm much stronger than uh than, than that little girl was, you know, and I learned to find my voice. And when I found my voice, that's where I knew that my uh, the flourish just began. Because I've always been like to have fun. I've always been outgoing, and I, and I've always been straightforward and said whatever was on my mind. But those are the things that I just never dealt with. I never. I, mm-hmm. That was a secret. The molestation was a secret. Mm. So hey, mm. you like to say something? Yeah. No. So, uh, so, I mean, so those wow. were the challenges, but those challenges made me who I am today. So, uh, yeah. How, how did you get over that? How did you get beyond that point where, you know, you you accepted it, you forgave or whatever you needed to do? I don't know if you did that or not. And then you move forward with your life. How did you get to that point? Uh, which, uh, as far as what dealing with the self-esteem the or which. The molestation, it was a process. It was a process. Uh, when it happened, of course, it was always told me, it, this is a secret. It's a secret. And so, of course, you know, when, when you're told by an adult it's a secret, then, you know, what are you to do? Especially if you know that it may be consequences if I tell that secret. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I knew it was wrong, 
but I just couldn't articulate it at that age. So uh, I, I I would do things that would that would hopefully it'll make my mom like say you know hey why is this or or why you may be acting a certain way. But you know I, I guess she just never picked up on it. She never thought her husband you know would do anything like that. Uh, hmm. And then uh, <laughs> and then so as far as um, uh, the process of forgiving, it, I had to get to that point. Uh, when when I was in college, when the first time when I was in high school, uh, after school special came on. Do you remember after school specials that used to come on? I don't oh. know how old you are, but okay. So after school specials used to come on, and so it it was talking about molestation, and and mm-hmm. that that memory came back to me, and it triggered it, mm. and it's like as if everything happened that day before. It's like everything it was like so fresh to me. And so, uh, but I, I still didn't say anything because I was in high school and my mother and my stepfather got divorced when I was like, uh, he left when I was in elementary school, uh, but they got divorced like maybe when I was in junior high school. So, but it was like still, I guess as a child, I didn't know how to express to my mom, like, this is what happened. But when I went to college mm-hmm. and the Oprah Winfrey show was on and it was talking about fathers and uh, stepfathers molesting their daughters. And it came back up again. And that day, I called my mom and I told her what had happened. And mm. I think that was the beginning. That's when the process actually started because then I opened my mouth and I told mm-hmm. her. And then after that, just things that started happening, like I, other women, uh, other young girl ladies or girls, they would uh, say things uh, pertaining to that. Then that would gave me the opportunity to tell my story. And so the mm-hmm. more I talked about it. You know, I I was freeing myself because initially every time it came up, I would cry. I would just cry. But every time uh, uh, when it got to the point where I stopped crying, I knew that I was being delivered. Uh, but then I had to go through the process of asking, I mean, to forgiving him. And, uh, and mm-hmm. that was the hardest part is forgiving him. And I actually confronted him head on, face to face, and he denied it to my face. And uh so, but I realized that in order for my soul and my salvation, I had to eventually forgive. I fasted, I prayed. That that didn't work. <laughs> at least at the time, I felt like it didn't. But I now looking at it, it did work. But it was a process I had to go through. And so uh, I got to the point where I was able to talk about it, deal with it. And when I realized I had forgiven, is when I didn't feel that. You know how you, you know you hadn't forgiven somebody, and you could just feel when they're around, you feel like you don't want to be around them. You feel like, oh, they just, I can't stand to hear their name. That's when you know you hadn't truly forgiven. But when you can hear mm-hmm. their name, we can be in their presence. When, uh, you know, when, when when somebody can say something, it's like it doesn't. You don't get that feeling. I knew then that I had forgiven him. And when he died, I mm. went to his funeral. And when I went to mm. his funeral, I wept. I cried. But you know what? I realized I didn't. I wasn't crying because of what he done to me. I cried because I was weeping for his soul. Cause I didn't. I knew he had never asked me to forgive him. He had never told me he was sorry. But I, I wept because I was. I was wondering if he had ever asked God to forgive him. So mm-hmm. I, I sat and I wept for his soul that day. And there's so mm-hmm. much more to that, but I know we were short of time, so I couldn't, you know, go into detail as far as every part of the process. Right. But it's in the book. <laughs> there you go. It's in the book. So tell me about the book. the book. How long did it? How long did it take you to write this book? And and me, and how much do you bear in this book? Okay. 
how long it took me to write it, and how much did I bear. Uh, first of all, uh, it didn't take me really long to write the book, because but I had been thinking about it for at least ten years. So it took the process of of getting the book out. That was that was the deal. But writing it because I was I was a part of an anthology, so I had to do a chapter. So when I did that chapter part of the anthology, then it's like okay, I can make this out of a book. And so that's when mm-hmm. I started writing toward the book. And in the book, uh, as far as um how much I put into the book, I didn't go into the details as far as what happened during the molestation, like what all he did or made me do and all that. I didn't get into that type of detail, but I was very detailed about the process, you know, as far as, you know, what happened when, uh, the safeguards that my mom actually put in place that she didn't realize she was doing. Uh, so I, 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 I tell a lot and I, I, I'm thankful to my mother because she actually gone on, along on this journey with me, uh, after mm. publishing this book and, and there's some healing that has to have to take place for her as well because when I told her at 19, we never talked about it because I didn't give her the opportunity to ask those questions that she was trying to sort out. I thought that I, I got offended because I thought she didn't believe me. So I kind of cut her off and hung the phone up and we never talked about it until 30 years later when I published mm. this book, right before I published the book. And so uh, it's been a journey for her as well, but she's been by my side the whole time and I realized that you know, I have to also pour back into her because, you know, the the guilt that she felt and, and what she felt thinking that she allowed this to happen because she didn't know, but she didn't know. It was a secret. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I talk about right. that in the book because a lot of times we just look at us, like the, the victim, me, but never t- take, into, take into consideration, you know, the parent in this. So, yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It is a lot to take in. Definitely is a lot to take in. And, you know, most people don't realize that molestation happens to a, a big percentage of children growing up. Yes, and ma'am. it can be a secret. It can be a secret. Yeah. But it really is truly no secret because, you know, most people get embarrassed by it or they try to keep it a secret in their family because of uh, they don't want people finding out. But most families have that. A lot oh, yes. of families have that. And so, you know, you know, it's great that you're tackling this in your book. Yes. And in the book, it's opportunity. it has questions in it. It's journaling. And, and, and I've been doing a couple of book signings, and, but I've been doing discussions at every book signing along with my mother. And the dialogue has been absolutely awesome. And in every signing, there's people that share their story. And there's been people mm-hmm. that said, this is my first time saying this. I've never said it to anybody. I've, I've never t- mm-hmm. told my, my mother. I've been getting inbox messages about, you know, when I read this book, it's like I'm reading my own story. So, yeah. Mm. It happens. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, but it people, never, people don't we're like to able, talk about it. No, but if we're able to speak up about it, if we're able to bring it out to the forefront, I, I'm not trying to say it would be normal, but it would definitely bring light to the situation, and it also definitely would probably, uh, you know, uh, bring bring some awareness to some parents about some things that may be happening under their noses uh, right. to keep it from happening or even to keep it from happening, to prevent it from happening in the first place. I mean, if we're continually keeping this under the, under the guise of it's a secret or it's a family secret, then mm-hmm. our families will never aid in other people getting rid of this 
tragic disease is what I call it. It's just tragic. Right. Wow. Wow. So how can people get your book, The Many Facets of Me? How can they get that book? They can go to my webpage, uh, Wendy Author, Author, WendyHallSims.com, www.AuthorWendyHallSims.com. Definitely. I already have that here. You guys know the drill. Go ahead and go to our webpage, copy and paste that into your browser, or we're going to go ahead and put up the many facets of me right onto our Facebook page and so that you guys can kind of get that uh, and copy that, and we're going to make sure that we put that up there so people can get that on our Facebook page as well. Are there any suggestions for people out there who – you know, maybe want to write a book, or they're going through issues. Uh, yes, there are some suggestions. My thing is to start writing. Uh, if if it's a story that you have, just kind of, you know, do your outline and start writing. My son, who is 17 years old, he has been inspired to write now. And so I kind of told him mm-hmm. what to do. So he goes from, from one section to another. Every night he's writing something. And uh, so uh, – so I, I would say start start writing. You can start just start writing if that's what you're interested in doing. Uh, and I also mm-hmm. want to say uh, also uh, about when you go through things in life, and, and we and we were talking about things being a secret. The the best healing is to talk about it. Uh, one of the things I say: the devil can't hold anything over you when you expose it. But when you keep things hid right. in and held in, then he can continue to hold it over you. So I always tell people, mm-hmm. talk about it, you know, speak about it. And and, and that's when your healing can come forth. And it was, what, what was the second part of your question? What was the second part of your question again? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, for those people out there who maybe, you know, would want to write, you know, a book, what, what, what kind of advice did you give them? Oh yeah, okay. That's pretty much what I was saying. Just, just, just start writing, uh, you know, and 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 get with your publisher. <laughs> I have an awesome mm. publisher. Awesome, awesome. Yes, awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Doctor. Doctor Wendy Hall Sims, guys. Thank you so much for being Thank on the you, show Yaya. for bringing your love. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And for exposing, exposing the 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 hurt and the pain. And, and, yes. and trying to, you know, help other people get through it. And I'm so happy that you are who you are. And maybe one day you'll do that skydiving. You'll let me know about it. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Till next Thank time. you. Uh, All right. Good night, doctor. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Wow, she is an adventurous woman who will do whatever she wants to do in life, and I commend her for it. Thank you to uh, author and doctor Wendy Hall Sims. You can get her new book, The Many Facets of Me, at authorwendyhallsims.com. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We're gonna have a short, short show today, only because you know I've been, I've been doing these short shows. I like these. I like these short shows because then I don't have to sit here and do a two-hour show. And you guys usually don't listen to the two-hour shows. And then when you do, it's because you know you you have nothing else to do, which is wonderful because we have hundreds of shows here just for you, hundreds, and some of them are two hours long. But I want to thank you guys for for tuning in because those two-hour shows have so much content in it, you might have to break it down. But that's okay 
because guess what? We are here to inspire, here to motivate. And if you guys have learned anything at all, let me know. Go ahead and go to my Facebook page. That's Yaya Diamond's Dream Chasers Radio on Facebook. And like the page. And let me know what you think about the show. We have short shows and long shows and medium shows and shows about music and authors and and all kinds of different things. Tattoo artists. You know, I don't discriminate except for sexual stuff. You know, I don't have any, you know, dope porn stuff on here. I don't do that. However, however... I do a lot of things here. So I want to I want to definitely thank you again for tuning into this show. We're going to be having on our uh Roku station. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to Yaya Diamond TV. We have a a couple of new shows up and running and I'm also in productions for a, a music show for our winners for the Reverb Nation uh contest that we had. It was 20 20 to 25 winners and we're going to have all their music Coming up, it's going to be up there in a few hours. So, all right, I'm just, I'm loving all of this. I'm loving the love. Thank you so much again for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. And don't ever forget to dare to be different. day come on really me yep me it's yaya again and i am back with another interview two times within the last hour that's right i'm back thank you so much for tuning back in at dream chases radio and we got another wonderful interview the first interview we had earlier was about an author who was published and now we're going to talk to a publishing company who publishes authors go figure Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Yes. Hello again, Yaya. How are you doing? Oh, yes. Girlfriend, well, I'm I'm working it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, my name to all of our listeners is Ms. Anna Blair, and I am the founder of Potascity Publishing Company. We are a company that believes that if there's a gift in you of writing that you should awaken the author in you, we do help cover all aspects of publishing within seven simple steps, which are available online on our website. Okay, wait. You guys tell me how you got that name. Okay, you said how I got that name. That name is given yes. to me. Yes, it was something that God gave to me as a child because I had it for so many years, and after a certain amount of time, I went ahead and began to use it as far as publishing. So it is a name that has been invented or created. You won't find it anywhere else in history, and the name of it is Potascity. And I say that because sometimes we may um, try to pronounce it. Some people may find it a little harder to pronounce, but it is called Potascity. You say it a few times, it begins to roll off of your tongue. <laughs> Wow, wow. But I think, you know, that's kind of unique. That is definitely unique, and I like it. It's one of a kind, and I've never seen it. You're right, never seen it. So what makes your company stand out 
besides the name, or even trustworthy. <laughs> right, absolutely. So the company stands out for various reasons. Um, we are trustworthy for various reasons as well. I'll share a few. Um, one unique thing about Potaskati Publishing Company is that we are a hybrid publishing company. We are 40 to 50% less in cost than traditional publishing companies. So if you're looking for a way to publish your dream, your book, your idea, however, you don't want to spend as much as you normally would, then Potaskati Publishing Company would be a good fit for you. Um, another unique mm. detail about our company is that it's flexible. So we're we're willing to work around your schedule. We understand everyday working people have schedules, but we also have dreams. So we're willing to work with you on your uh, schedule as well, work one-on-one with you to help your dreams become a reality. Um, something that makes our company trustworthy is that we have a great portal online, which you can go on and upload documents. They're confidential, so you're communicating one-on-one with the representative. Um, a second unique detail that makes us trustworthy is that any consultation we, we do is going to be done one-on-one, but we also will help with filing copyrights, and we'll make sure that our authors have 100% of their royalties. Mm, mm, that is good. That is good. So what are the seven aspects of publishing? Okay, well, there are seven steps, and what we've done is we have basically consolidated everything into uh, seven steps. So let's talk about those. The first step is um, to understand what our writing goals are. Some people, yeah, yeah, they would come in with a book idea. So we're ghostwriters as well, which means that we will actually help develop the book. Some people will come in with an already written manuscript, and all the company has to do would, would be actually to edit it and publish it. So the steps does vary per person, but our first step would be to decide on the package. So depending on the client's needs, we will actually decide on the package. Um, the step two is if we're going to ghostwrite, we will definitely do that as well. Three is we would file a copyright. Four, we design unique um, book covers. Um, five is we'll, we'll go over our details for publishing. And then the last step falls into publishing and marketing strategies as well. And keep in mind that each client actually may have a different need. Um, while I just discussed the needs of a client publishing a book, if you're writing a story, their needs may actually vary if you're doing like a children's book or so forth. But those are the seven steps that we normally would do with a client. Mm, mm, mm. Now, I like that ghostwriting thing because not everybody's a writer, and I don't think everybody should write. <laughs> Absolutely. You, know? you make a great point. Definitely. Now, let me ask you a question. Going back to the ghostwriting, because a lot of people have asked me about ghostwriting before, when a person does ghostwriting, is it something that you keep the rights for, or is that still their book? It's, do they still get their publishing? How does that work? Right, and I'm so glad that you asked because that is a great question. So if a client, if anyone decides to work with the Tascity Publishing Company, we're actually being hired by the individual. So even if I work with someone else on a book, I often remind them, I say, hey, you're the boss because you're really hiring our company to work for you. Therefore, once we're done writing, 
the royalties, that uh, copyright, it actually belongs to the author. The author will be the claimant mm. of the work and have 100% ownership. So the ghostwriters within our company were actually being hired to do a job. But the mm-hmm. actual ownership belongs 100% to the claimant, which is the author who's requesting to have the work done. Does that explain oh, that it well? Good. Yes, it does, definitely. De- definitely does. A lot of people are concerned about losing their rights because, you know, and their copyright and their royalties and things like that because they're like, well, ghostwriter just means that they wrote the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't think that's what that means. I'll ask somebody. <laughs> It's very so thank, thank you very much for Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So um so they do retain their rights. Yes, absolutely. They does, retain their rights. Awesome. And how long does the process take? That's another great question. So you're asking some awesome questions. Um the price, the process is actually you're welcome, depending upon the the author or the client who's coming in, because what happens is that some clients want a work done more speedily. Some actually will give the company more time to actually complete the task. Therefore, our work time frames are between three months to nine months. So that time frame is actually based on the client or the author coming in. And we have mm-hmm. flexible payment plans as well to accommodate these mm. time frames. Okay, I like that too because you know, with a first-time writer, they might not know about fees and books, and you know, they just have this idea and they want to go with it. Is it, you know, it, it it seems like they can pretty much afford it and put it into their budget, which is great. That's good. That's good. So, you know, after everything is said and done, they get royalties. A lot of people don't know what that is. What are royalties? So thanks for asking that question, also. Whenever books are sold through online retailers such as Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, um, wherever your books may be sold at, the royalties are the actual profits from the book. So your royalties is essentially your book sales. So whenever your book sells, the company will pay you royalties. However, unlike any other publishing company, Potaspity representatives will actually teach you how to manage your book sales, which are your royalties, because we as a company will remit zero dollars and zero cents back to the company um, in regards to your book sales. So basically we're not going to pocket any money from book sales from the client. The client will basically put on their manager's hat or sales hat and will manage their own sales. We'll show you how to review your information, but you'll be responsible for managing. And the good thing about that is that that's not a bad hat to wear. That hat means that you're going to make the most profit. You're going to get the best bang for your buck. Mhm. Mhm. Now, okay, that just means that how do you make your money? Well, the company, again, makes our money off of um, that one-time hiring. So when you come to us and you say, this is my idea, this is what I want to do, we do have different packages that are available. And once Mm -hmm. you pay for those services, then that's how the company will actually profit. But outside of that, as a company, we want our authors to be successful. And um, the way that this strategy, Yaya, came about is because 
some college friends and I, we were just talking, and we decided that as authors, sometimes it's discouraging when you put so much effort into your material, but you're only pocketing 10 to 15% of your sales. And we wanted mm-hmm. to do something um, nice for authors that allows them to profit, but also allows the publishing company to profit. So you're going to get a big, big savings and big, big breaks with catastrophe publishing. But it's it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest thing is, okay, I'm a songwriter, and I know about this, but a lot of people, like, like you know, they're they're getting into this the first first time author. They don't understand the importance of a copyright, and will they? And will their copyright be a hundred percent owned by them? Explain that because you know a lot of people don't understand. People can actually you know plagiarize. So a copyright is intellectual property, and we want mm-hmm. to be so specific when you say plagiarize. That means to take work or to attempt to republish someone else's work. So anything that you create, you want to make sure that it is novel in a sense of meaning that it is something novel that is, and I know you would know the term as well, which is different from anything that is currently existing. So you have to be able Mm -hmm. to show how a piece of work is novel. Anytime that a writer picks up a pencil to write or type a document, that becomes their intellectual property, right? So with Mm -hmm. the Catastrophe Publishing Company, we have agents and representatives who will actually create that intellectual property. But as a writer coming in, if you need help, if you say, I want to write a story about XYZ, but I do not understand it, the property becomes yours, meaning that when the copyright Mm -hmm. is found, that copyright belongs to the individual who actually hired us to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I know that you would know with you being a singer and so forth that the copyright protection is an international copyright. So they're going to be protected in any country that honors and recognizes right. intellectual property. Correct. And copyright filing is a part of our service. So if anyone wants to go online to potastity.com, that's, I'm sorry, potastitypublishing.com, that's P A. T-A-S-K-I-T-Y, and review our packages, which are going to be available to um, an author coming in. All of the packages include copyright filing. So we're not only willing to review your material for publication, but if we're creating it for you, we're going to file your copyright as well for you. And that copyright Mm. will be 100% belonging to the client who's coming in. Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You know, being a being, you know, I'm I'm a published songwriter, but not yes. a published author. So let's just say somebody wants to be a published author, and and they don't know where to begin. What would be your suggestion to them? Okay, well, my first suggestion is to call Patasquity Publishing Company. So if you do not know where to begin, please give us a call because we will work through every single aspect of publishing. We will hold your hand. We'll be your your counselor. We'll help you through the process because we know that it's hard. And sometimes a person can even have ideas and do not know how to get those ideas out or where to begin. So that would be the first step I would offer Um, Outside of that, I would definitely say take time to learn your thoughts, meaning you're not just thinking 
about a story, but think about it in detail. And as um, authors and writers, we often try to connect with the client. So whatever story you tell us, we want to have those heart-to-heart moments so that our ghostwriters can perform well. And I hope I'm not going too Mm -hmm. far into detail with that, but that would be the first step. Um, of course, to write out what you're thinking. If you if you refuse to call catastrophe first, <laughs> I would suggest that yeah. you maybe <laughs> write out everything you're thinking, and then you can begin to organize those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And I want to thank you again for being on the show. You guys know the drill. All you guys do is go to our our web page. Uh, we also put this on our Facebook page. You can go below here below the interview, grab and and uh, copy and paste that into your browser. And go to Patascati. Did I say that right? Patascati. Yes, you sure did. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm working yeah. at publishing.com. That's right. <laughs> so, you guys, thank you again so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Until next time. You keep that coming. I'm telling you, I like that ghostwriter thing. Yes, yes, and we can expand more on that during our next interview as well. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. All right, until next time. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Wow, what what a name. What what I mean that's that's right there, Patascati. That just that stands out right there. I love that. Patascati Publishing. Dot com. You're never going to forget that because you're going to try. It's like a, it's like a tongue, tw- tongue twister. You're going to have to just do it again and again and again. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio with me, your host, Yaya Diamond. We're going to go ahead and call it an evening. I want to thank you guys. You guys are amazing. And you can always uh, catch us on our Facebook page, uh, Yaya Diamond's Dream Chasers Radio on Facebook. You can grab this link and any other link that we've ever had of any other uh, author uh, a publishing company like Catascati uh, that has been on the show. We love to promote, 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 and definitely we love all our guests here. And until next time, which is going to be, when is going to be next time? I have no idea. I know I wrote it down somewhere, and I'm going to go ahead and grab it and see where I wrote it down because, you know, I'm a mess right now. We have so many different wonderful shows coming up. We also have our YouTube channel that we are publishing to which has almost 300 subscribers now and uh, we you know we're doing pretty good here so I'm, I'm excited about the whole thing and so the next uh, the next show will be let me go ahead and go to my um, my, my uh, calendar and make sure you guys know that the next show will be on the 20th at 8 p.m. so that's in three days uh, so on the 20th at 8 p.m. go ahead and tune in Getting started is getting started is easier than you think. And until then, I'm gonna say, don't forget to what? You know what I'm gonna say? Care to be different, baby. <laughs> 